This is episode number 69 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut for personal growth and career success. Welcome back to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. This week, we're starting a six-part series on how to create highly effective teams within your organization. So this week, I'm going to give you an overview of the entire process and how, you know, step-by-step how to create the system in your own organization. And then over the next five weeks, I'll go into each component in a little bit more detail, one at a time. Uh, By the way, as always, if you like the sessions, don't forget to subscribe to the High Impact Leaders podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast, leave me a review wherever you download the show. And if you have questions for me or comments, you can always tweet me at at Doug Stannert or contact me via my website at leadersinstitute.com. That's leader, plural, leader with an S, leadersinstitute.com. All right, so let's get on with today's topic. So our topic today is the five characteristics of highly effective teams. If you want your team to be dynamic and powerful and autonomous, these are five things that pretty much have to be in place. And the stronger that your team is in each one of these areas, the more effective they tend to be as well. And in fact, the power of highly effective teams lies in their capacity to perform at levels that are greater than the sum of their parts, so to speak. You know, managers and leaders who put a great deal of effort into assembling a, a high, you know, those high performing teams, you know, they, they, a lot of times we put all that effort in there and then we kind of let them go. You know, these leaders, you know, they also have to spend considerable resources to ensure that their teams reach their potential. So obviously managers want to make improvements that lead to positive changes within the team. And in fact, many leaders focus just on that part of the leadership process, creating the team, and they forget about nurturing their team. So sometimes it's helpful to kind of take a step back in order to kind of recognize when a team is working effectively. And managers often overlook this important part of the process. And and the workings really of a highly effective team are, they're not always obvious or intuitive to most of us. So sometimes we don't recognize that our team members, you know, they, they, you know, we don't recognize them when they're doing well and that kind of thing. So, um, so basically what I want to do in this short series is to kind of talk about the actual characteristics of highly effective teams. What, what, how do we know if our team is, is awesome? I mean, we have our own biased opinion of them, but how would other experts kind of rank my team? And so we'll go through each one of these five areas. Now, I'll give you the quick overview now, and then we'll go into a little bit more detail on this episode. And then in the next five episodes, we'll go over each one of these five areas one at a time. So the the first thing that is really important is that that your highly effective teams are, are what we call mission oriented. You know, the, the, you've spent a lot of time creating that mission, vision statement for your organization, and you've got your value set and a really good team are folks who kind of make sure that that, that mission is, is top of mind. So great teams tend to be those that they get pointed in the right direction early, <laughs> even when people are working in on different aspects of a project, effective teams understand 
the end goal of the entire project. They understand the mission. So habit two of Stephen Covey's seven habits for highly effective people was begin with the end in mind. And that's really what we're kind of talking about here. Covey was writing about making powerful changes for personal leadership, but you know the principle is also relevant to a team as well. So bringing a team together to consider the questions like, you know, what are we creating? How do we want to make a positive contribution to our organization? How will we change the world? Those kind of meanings can be profound. Sometimes we limit ourselves unnecessarily because teams that use this perspective to create a mission statement or are able to kind of rally around an existing mission can, they can achieve great things. So your mission statement is kind of like the analogy I use is it's kind of like the X that marks the spot on a treasure map. You know, the road to get there will likely not be a straight line, but your teams always want to be moving toward that, that positive end goal. And that's what we do as, as leaders within our organization is to make sure that that X marks the spot is front of mind so that we know that we're moving, our team is moving in the in the right direction every single time. So next week, when we get together, we're going to really talk about how to create these, these effective mission, vision, value statements, and, and how to actually use them in our day-to-day operations. A lot of times, these are kind of mm, academic things that, that companies do, but once they're kind of created, we don't do anything with them. So um, I'll give you a really good example of this, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more next week. But, but when COVID hit and um, things were really challenging in my industry, I mean, I, I had to make some really tough choices. I had to lay off some of my, my staff and it basically um, there were along the way, you know, the, the last 10 or 15 years or so that we've been in business that we've been growing so fast that sometimes I was hiring people just because I had to have people. I had to have, you know, whoever is available. Yeah, we'll train you because we're really good trainers and that kind of thing. And so when, when COVID hit and uh, I had to make those hard choices by going back to the, that, the mission and vision and value statement, especially how do the people that I have on staff right now, how, how do they rate in the values? You know, if like, for instance, our number one value is responsiveness and how fast do my team members actually respond? So I basically just went through and, and rated my entire staff based on how, you know, what, how they, um, uh, how, how they scored in each one of those values areas. And it, and even though I had to make some tough choices, it, it made it easier to kind of make those decisions because, the, the folks who had the most values that were in line with the values of the company were the ones that I, they, that I had to protect at, at all costs, right? So, I mean, those are some of the things that, that will occur. And if you, the, the interesting thing is that now that we're booming again and business is growing and we're, and we're um, you know, in, in, a, in, uh, in, a, in a nice place as far as business growth, um, this time I'm because I've had to make those hard decisions in the past based on the values. Now, as I'm bringing new people back on, <laughs> I'm doing that up front. I should have done that in the first place. And hopefully you guys will kind of learn from my mistake, but we'll talk about that a lot next week on, on the next episode and how to kind of make those, those, those choices, make the right decisions the first time when we're in the hiring process and you'll tend to get better results. All right. So the second thing, and this is what we'll talk about in a couple of weeks, is that highly effective teams actually build solid trust. 
So being in an environment of trust feels way different than the alternative. Team members are, are they freely discuss challenges and opportunities with each other and, and with the boss as well. And transparency is another way to kind of think of this concept. The boss also freely discusses opportunities and problems with the team, not trying to hide anything, right? So effective teams operate in an environment where they have each other's backs. They're, they take risk and they share successes and they share praise. And even more important, though, they're, they are quick to reveal missteps. You know, teams with low trust see mistakes as an embarrassment. So they want to hide their missteps. They want to hide those mistakes and they want to lay those, those mistakes at the blame of other people, right? They, they're, they're um, you know, the, the mentality is that, oh, they're all out to get me and I have to protect myself. So when teams have a high level of trust, though, they see mistakes as an important step in improvement. The attitude is totally different. You know, okay, now we know what not to do. <laughs> Let's see if we can find a way to do it better next time. And that is, I mean, when teams are kind of thinking that way, you, you wouldn't believe the type of growth that that these teams generate with, with that type of mentality, with that type of trust level. Um, the, in fact, the earlier that we uncover a mistake, the easier those mistakes are to fix. Um, so, and, and by the way, another great benefit is that the entire team learns from the positive, from that, from that process. You know, if they're if they're operating in a trust-filled environment, you know that that basically it breaks down the barrier barriers and allow allows those people to be more vulnerable. So that's one of that, and that's step one, by the way. So basically, once we have the mission and visions, the the, the mission and vision statement, and we're getting people aligned with the corporate mission and vision, then step one is to kind of create that that environment of trust, because if that's not there, everything else forward will kind of fall flat. So the third step, uh, the third thing that we're going to cover is how highly effective teams actually debate positively. And we used to call this conflict resolution. We still do, by the way, uh, conflict resolution, because even if we have a high level of trust within our team, there's still going to be conflicts. Uh, but it's actually the, the whole process that was is actually even more vital than just being able to resolve conflicts, because highly effective teams actually debate with each other. They don't just take that first idea and run with it, the, the debate process is actually pretty important. So a common mistake that people make about teams is that harmony is a good thing. <laughs> At the core level, yes, harmony is probably good. And, and we love it when our coworkers agree with us and we love when our co coworkers agree with our ideas. On the other hand, though, if, if a team, if all they do is just agree with each other and go along to get along, that's a sign of trouble. Effective teams actually debate. Debate allows the team to improve, find flaws, and fix challenges before those things kind of come up. Now, granted, it feels uncomfortable to argue. Actually, that's not necessarily true because you know some of us like to argue at, at the drop of a hat. It's it's kind of what makes us go. But it, it feels uncomfortable when people disagree with us. Is probably a better way to say it. But um, but that's why it's so important for the leader to create that safe, trusting environment in step one, in the, in the previous step. So, um, and then thanks to that mutual trust that's there, the debate is an invaluable exercise to flesh out ideas and concepts and strategies. So one good strategy to kind of spur that debate is to assign someone to play devil's advocate 
that play that role during a discussion. And you just kind of rotate that responsibility among team members as, as needed. So basically debating, challenging, defending ideas, it creates better ideas. And to the outside observer, by the way, it may seem like chaos or dissension or or for effective teams, you know, the, the person that's not on the outside, the folks who are experiencing this, it's what causes continuous improvement. And then the fourth thing that we're going to cover is how highly effective teams cooperate with each other and gain cooperation from, from not only their their team members and their direct reports, but others as well. So each of the steps that we've talked about previously, it's creating, it's, it's, each one of those steps is progressive, right? So without a vision of where the team is going, the team will wander in mediocrity. Um, if the trust level is low, then the team will argue and debate negatively. So if you, if you get your team to cooperate effectively, in order to do that, by the way, you have to first spend time developing steps one, two, and three. Otherwise, this is going to be really, really hard. Interestingly, though, when you focus on those first three stages, this stage is so much easier. You create a culture of trust and teamwork so that the team members each want to help each other. They're, they're, they're fighting, they're, they're working for not only their own benefit, but for the benefit of the team members that they, that they love. So all, all you really have to do as the leader at this point is just kind of nourish the results that you're, that you're already receiving. And so basically what you want to do as the leader is you praise your team members with their accomplishments. You tell them often how important they are to the, the success of the company. Then if you can find if you find that your team members really aren't cooperating at a high level, you go back to steps one, two, or three, you know, work more on building the trust level again, or focus more on reducing the negative conflict and, and increasing that, that positive debate. So it's a process that you're constantly going back and forth through in order to create the results that you're looking for. And then the last phase that we're going to focus on in, in episode number six is that highly effective teams have a culture of leadership. And that's something that it seems like a nebulous term, right? What exactly is culture of leadership? What does that mean? Well, effective teams don't necessarily have to have a single great leader to perform well. If you happen to be a single great leader, it might be advantageous. But in fact, when team members are, are not really worried about who gets the credit, they go out of their way to serve each other. And so as new challenges pop up requiring different expertises, then different members of the team now take on a leadership role. Now, none of this, by the way, happens by accident. It, it, it takes time and a conscious effort focusing on the first five steps in this process. So although a highly effective team doesn't require a single great leader to perform, it does require a lot of times a single great leader to first create that highly effective team in the first place. So the, the great team is, it's kind of like a grapevine. It's a good analogy. The, the farmer must first plant and nurture the seed. And then over the years, the farmer will need to prune and nourish the vine. Eventually, though, the vine will develop a little fruit and then a lot of fruit. And at this point, the farmer's role is still important, but much less needed than in the earlier stages. You know, the farmer could walk away from the vine and the vine would still produce fruit, at least for a while. And that's kind of the way effective teams work. It typically takes a really good leader at the beginning to create these things, but, but once they're kind of developed, they become autonomous and, and um, you don't necessarily have to spend as much time working 
in them to keep them them great. So your, your team is like that vine. Spend time in the early stages to create that team culture, a leadership culture, and then your team will eventually begin to seek to learn and improve on their own without you without you um, encouraging that. So when a team has a culture of leadership, they they own their work. They also support each other because they want the team to be more successful than any one individual. So, so basically, if your team is experiencing all of these characteristics, you're in the minority because it's very, very difficult to get all of those things to work in conjunction with each other. But if you're not, if you, if you, if you're, if you are in the process of building that team and you're looking for help, uh, and if you'd like to strengthen any or all of these uh, within your team, these areas with your team, just make sure and contact our team development specialists. There, our number is 800-872-7830, or you can just click the link in the show notes at the end of the show notes to contact us. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of the High Impact Leaders podcast, and we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Thank you.